Alex Leatherwood released one year after being the 17th overall pick, a big trade for Philly, and what's going on in Northern Florida. Hi again, everyone. He's Tony Wiggins. I'm James Erpine. Welcome in to a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. Tuesday was cut down day, and we have a lot to get to. A quick reminder and a thank you for making us your first listen. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube or follow wherever you get your podcasts for daily NFL content here on Locked On NFL. And, and Tony, let's dive on in because this Alex Leatherwood situation with the Raiders, I don't. I wouldn't say it's surprising given the reports that came out uh, late last week that he's either going to be cut or traded. But on the surface, if I said in any year on draft night, yeah, the 17th overall pick, they're going to make it through one training camp and one full season and then another training camp and be gone and not make that second 53-man roster. That's it's painful. Just a quick couple of notes. Uh, $7.9 million in uh, a cap hit to release him. The Raiders are taking on in 2022 nearly $4 million of a cap hit in 2023. So it's not like they just wash their hands from this guy and not pay the, the piper, so to speak. They're going to have to. Alex Leatherwood looking for a new team. I, I'm not going to say this is unprecedented, Tony, but uh, – Wow, what a what a whiff it is if your 17th overall pick isn't on your roster a year later. It's a super whiff, and it goes back to how poorly Mike Mayock and John Gruden were as general managers of, the, of that team. It's just it's terrible. And the thing is, we're saying all of that, and the Raiders are actually in a pretty good spot right now, and they actually made the playoffs last year. And, they, you know, if they had gotten it right in the draft, they might they might have won a Super Bowl or been a contender in the Super Bowl by now. Let me tell you how bad they, they've been. Sometimes you can make up for mistakes like they did because they hit on Max Crosby. You know, they hit on Max Crosby in the fourth round in 2019. But let me give you, they picked Cleveland Farrell, and they, they've done okay with Josh Jacobs. Those are the first two picks, and they had three first rounds. Like Jonathan Abram, who is one of the worst in the league at coverage, were the three first round picks that they had that year. The next year and they had by, and by the way, the the hit is a running back. Right. A running so so that that's a couple negative points. I'm just gonna point if you're using a first rounder on a running back, they better be damn good. J Josh Jacobs is good. I can find Josh Jacobs later than round one. Go ahead. Right. Henry Ruggs the next year. We know okay. what happened with him. He wasn't an on the field mess, but off the field, obviously the tragedy. Him as a player, we don't even talk about. We talk about Henry Ruggs. We talk about the young lady that died and, and you know, and the way that she died. But mm-hmm. going to the next pick in the first round, Damon Arnett. <laughs> they drafted Lynn Bowden in the third round and then traded him before the season even started for a fourth-round pick. Well, Lynn Bowden got cut today in Miami. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go to the, the following year. Alex Leatherwood was their first pick. That is about as bad a three-year that you can have in the National Football League, and yet and still, the Raiders are still a pretty good team this year. So it just, Mm -hmm. those little things matter. And and in segment three, when we talk about Jacksonville, I'll tell you why I want to talk about it, because those little things do matter when it comes to making these bad selections. But Leatherwood, Leatherwood was thought to be a guy who could play in the NFL, who could develop Mm -hmm. in the NFL, was All-American type at Alabama. He's a five-star recruit from the state of Florida right here in Pensacola, had the size and all of that stuff. It's like he just can't get right, man. And 
he's going to clear waivers because nobody wants a salary. According to Ian Rappaport, 32 teams said no, because when you take a trade or you claim a guy off waivers, you have to eat whatever's going on with his contract. I think he'll clear it, and then I think somebody will pick him up and think that they can fix him. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a prime candidate to think that they can get something out of him. It's really, really bad, though, when guys you pick that high, it's not like either you make it as a high draft pick or we cut you. There's another whole area in here where you could be a really good, solid player for a franchise for an awfully long time. You don't have to either make it or get cut. He got Mm -hmm. cut, bro. And that bothers me and really, really makes me wonder uh, what the hell Gruden and Mayock were doing because they did it year after year after year after year. Yeah. So a couple things there. First one, uh, to me, everyone's like, oh, well, should this team go after him? Should this team go after him? Some team's going to go after him. Yes. You know what they're they're not going to do? They're not going to claim him. Right. And, and that is the, the thing is, you know, if you claim them, it's like six or seven million dollars over the next two or three years. It would be three years. What's remaining on his rookie deal guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And even though the Raiders are eating a lot of that guaranteed money they had to give him, you don't want to take that on for a guy who clearly in it, it is a new regime with the Raiders in Las Vegas, understandably so. But that's still hard to do to go from 17th overall to not on the roster. That's really, really hard to do. And so you look at it and you say, all right, well, w- what's going on? Why? Why? The why? Because you know there are other teams that had a high valuation on him. You're mm-hmm. right. I mean, I, I don't think he was 17th. And I thought he was a guy who really you know, could play tackle in this league pre-draft. But I, I thought, man, if you move him to guard, there's going to be teams like that that think, oh, man, maybe we'll move him at guard or maybe our guy can, our, our coaching staff can get the most out of him. But we're talking like a league minimum type deal now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who gives them the most opportunity? And so that's the thing is these teams are going to have to evaluate that part. Is he just lazy? Is he was it just such a nightmare season for the Raiders that he was like, man, this is the opposite of Alabama. There, there isn't the structure that I'm used to. There isn't the culture that I'm used to. And he just didn't thrive in it. What is it? And, and that's what these teams need to find out, because obviously he's talented. And he's going to get picked up by someone. The offensive linemen are too hard to find. And is he going to be good? I'm not sure. And I could look at uh, you know the pro football focus grades or say this or say that. He was a rookie last year. He's 23 years old. And guess what? He's going to be cheap. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a team that takes a flyer on him. And it's going to be interesting to see who does, what Leatherwood's role is this year. If he just comes in as a backup, uh, you know, d- does a team like the Falcons, right, who are – essentially tanking anyway do they try to take a flyer on someone like that just to because he's a talented kid who knows and i don't know anything about the falcons i can name any team right right every team needs offensive line help but it's going to be interesting to see where he ends up the other thing is you're right there are teams that probably had a book on him scouting wise and said okay we had a second round grade on him or whatever here's the thing you have to caution and someone told me this a long time ago he's not the same guy that they scouted Mm mm-hmm He's not, he now he lacks confidence. Yep. And now he's been beaten down a little bit. You have to actually put him into a situation where someone can extract the best of him and get rid of all of the stuff that, you know, that lack of confidence, man. And once you get into that rut, I know it's a different sport, but Ben Simmons, once you get into that rut and once you're the guy that everyone thinks sucks now, 
it's mm -hmm. hard for you to overcome that stigma it is because now everyone's coming for you and then more importantly that you you might be coming for yourself mentally and that's a very difficult place so even if someone did have a book on him there's a lot of work that has to be done in order to get him to play up to the potential that we thought he had and that's why the fit he's gonna have to be cautious here he shouldn't just pick unless he gets claimed of course which i don't think is gonna happen but the fit matters Alex, make sure you find the right fit, the right. It, it might not offer you playing time right away. Maybe mm -hmm. you're a backup, but you find the right fit because if you don't now, that's the only contract you're going to get. And that's not where you want to be. You want to be able to play in the league for a decade and keep getting those checks. And, and regardless, if you're starting, if you're not, if people consider you a bust or not, whatever, ultimately, that's what you want. And it's uh, that's the part of it. Is he going to be patient? Will his agent be patient? Will they find the right thing? And, and that might take three days when I say be patient. You know there are teams already doing their homework on this kid. Right. And they're already looking. And and I don't think anyone's going to claim him. But uh, it is going to be interesting to see where he lands. And the only reason I don't think someone's going to claim him, just to be clear, is because of the contract. Mm -hmm. So um, sp speaking of contracts, there was a contract issue in New Orleans. And you and I have both talked, Tony, on this very show about the Philadelphia Eagles. Mm -hmm. And the Philadelphia Eagles took advantage of a contract issue dispute in New Orleans to land another piece in that secondary. We'll have those details and react to really what was the big trade of cutdown day coming up next right here on Locked On NFL. But first, a word from LinkedIn. Because if you're looking, if you're a small business owner right now and you're gearing up for fall, you know what you need to do? You need to get the LinkedIn jobs because they're going to make it easier on you to find reliable help. Not lazy help, not help that isn't going to be there day in and day out. No, you're looking for consistency. You're looking for someone that's going to show up and you're looking for someone that's qualified. And that's why with LinkedIn jobs, you can create a free job post in minutes to reach their network and beyond. It's the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? 40 million. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And I know you guys want to make some money. How would you like to do that? By placing entries in a daily fantasy involving player projections. How does it work? You go to prizepicks.com. You pick two to five players, and if they will go and score more or less than their prize pick projection. So prize pick sets a projection about what they're going to do statistically. And you can go either higher or lower, more or less. And you're going to win up to 10 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections that are available at Prize Pick. It offers projections on any sport that you watch, including NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, PGA, college football, men's and college basketball, women's college basketball, soccer, WNBA, esports, NASCAR, tennis, MMA, boxing, Euro basketball, cricket, and more. Download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive 100% initial match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. If you deposit 100, 
Prize Picks. Prize Picks will give you 100. If you deposit 50, Prize Picks will give you 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for instant deposit match up to $100. Let's keep things rolling, Tony, with a trade. The Eagles acquired defensive back Chauncey Gardner Johnson from the Saints on Tuesday. And I don't think a lot of people saw this one coming. It was, you know, Howie Roseman working through some back channels. Let's dive into this uh, initial compensation here. The Eagles received Gardner Johnson in the Saints' 2020 uh, or seventh round pick in 2025 for a 2023rd fifth round pick and the latter of their two sixth round draft picks in 2024. So a bunch of late round picks moving around for a guy in Gardner Johnson who has been a pretty big part of that New Orleans Saints secondary. They felt really good about where that secondary was at, so they move on from him because he's a free agent to be after this season. But I'll tell you, I like this because he's versatile, and I know he's going to play safety in Philly. At least that's the initial part of it. But when you look at secondaries in, in today's NFL, you know what you want? You want a guy who can play the nickel if you need him to and also play that deep safety role and move around and do things like that. And that's exactly what he can do. Look, the Eagles, I liked them before. I like them even more after this deal. I like the Eagles. I like the move for Chauncey Gardner because he's the heartbeat. He was the heartbeat, in my opinion. Maybe not the best player on the Saints defense, but he was the heartbeat. Uh, I saw someone today. I can't remember. I want to give him credit for it. They say he's the Patrick Beverly of the NFL. And he gets under people's skin. He does. He sets the tone. He's physical. He does a lot of good things. But there's something here. I think the Saints, I don't think the Saints believe that he could play safety because if they did, they wouldn't assign Tyron Matthew. It's full-time safety. Or they just determined that the number that he's going to want is so high because safeties are getting paid a lot more that they wouldn't be able to match it because of the other obligations. And I get that too. So they move him to, to Philly. Philly was already a good contender. Now they are really, really a contender and they got, they have a guy who actually fits uh, that culture and the city and the fan base. So it's a good spot for him. He's going to play safety, try to earn him some money. The difference between the top nickel and uh, a decent starter at safety is a lot. That's why your boy Jesse Bates is up there being franchise tag because there's a mm -hmm. lot of money going around mm -hmm. and uh derwin james just reset that market so yeah it's a it's a no-brainer for him uh for his own career and at the very least he goes to another contender it's odd that, that they traded him to another uh team in the conference though and for that amount of compensation i think they could have sent him anywhere and, the, and a lot of teams around the league would have taken him yeah especially for that i mean again they're essentially giving up you know, or, you know, a seventh rounder is is what they're giving up, and then a veteran who obviously could play well and is is entering his prime. He's in the last year of his rookie deal, versus a fifth rounder and a sixth rounder in the lat the latter of the two sixth rounders that the Saints have, and it's not in twenty twenty three either. The picks in twenty uh, one in twenty twenty three, the seventh rounder mm -hmm. um, is in twenty twenty five though. I mean, so it's just you're talking about late round picks. You're talking about a guy who can contribute and you're right what else is there we're feeling so hurt during negotiations that it was just time like was he going to become a distraction in, in an annoyance the same way you know the Patrick Beverly you know like he is on the field essentially that reference you made I don't know but looking at the Eagles you know and they released Anthony Harris after this I think they got better and there's a lot of reasons to like the Eagles anyway and you had a guy like this let's say he does leave in free agency Let's say you don't get a deal done 
because it, it's not like the compensation is in line where they have to extend him now. And not saying they won't, but they don't have to. And so with that, like the A.J. Brown deal, for example, you knew a deal was coming with that, an extension was coming with that contract or, or with that that exchange with the Titans. This isn't that. So worst case, what? He leaves in free agency? So what? He gets he, he gets that secondary to a, a, another level. He adds a, you know, a, an experience, a wealth of experience. He's been um, in some big games, obviously. The Saints defense, they're nothing to fool with now. And so it's not like he's coming from a place that was beaten like a drum. That's a high-end, you know, quality Saints defense. And I've covered the, you know, I covered the Bengals. Well, guess what? Trey Hendrickson, where'd he come from? New Orleans. Where, where, where did Von Bell come from? New Orleans. Eli Apple. They don't like to claim him. He played in New Orleans for a bit too. <laughs> guess what? All three guys are starting for the Bengals this year. All three guys started last year on, on the AFC champs. So I think there is something to be said about the culture he's coming from. And if you're the Eagles trying to get over the hump in the NFC East, adding someone like that for a fifth and a sixth rounder, psh, easy money. You do it all day long. I love this deal. And it's it, kudos to them that they realize they can't pay everybody and they keep replacing them. And they have a real, they have, they, they, I, they treat, it seems like the Saints are treating this like the way the Ravens have always treated pass rushers. Oh, we'll get another one. Go mm-hmm. ahead. The, the Raiders, I mean, I mean, the Ravens always seem to have some six foot four, 250 pound tweener that comes off the edge and they can't pay everybody. So uh, I think that's what the situation is. And uh, I'm still surprised because I think the Saints are contenders. I really think they're contenders. Do you really? So much. So much for hey, look. Contenders. I, think I am going to surprise you when we start talking about who I think is going to do what. Wait, I, hold on I, a second. Yeah, we'll do that next week. What, contending for what? <laughs> what are you contending I, for when I say I, you're a contender? I, I'm asking. I think they're going to be very, very good, man, and they are a problem. So you saying they're a Super Bowl contender? Yes, I do. Yes, I am. And 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 I'm going to tell you this. Don't Come go, on, don't man. go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Sit here and get this work. Look. Come on, get this work. What Look. is 34 year old Drew Brees in New Orleans? Did I miss that? But listen, a you gotta let me finish. Yeah. You gotta let me finish. But I also think the Eagles are too. So that's a surprise. It's like I would not have strengthened them. I would not have strengthened them. I, I would not have sent them somewhere else. He'd have been playing somewhere, he'd have been playing in the desert somewhere. He would not be playing for Philly because there's a chance you got to go through him. And I, I just wouldn't have strengthened someone in, in the conference. Man, I still can't get. I, <laughs> what did you say? The Saints are Super Bowl contenders because oh of their defense. Because, uh, of, their def- mean, because yeah, of their defense. Because of their defense. Because of their defense. Is it two thousand? Is it two thousand two? Listen, I they have been a thorn in the side of the Bucks for one. So I, I think they're going to continue to be a thorn in the side. So they of the can Bucks. beat the Bucks. They beat the Bucks twice. Keep going. Super okay. Bowl contender. Okay, but are they beating this. the Rams. Listen. You got to listen to me. If you beat the Bucs, now look at the other two teams in the division. They're going to beat the Falcons. They're going to beat the Carolina Panthers too. Having that good division rec- divisional record gets you home field advantage. You get home field advantage and you can run the football and play defense, you can win. Look at the 49ers. They almost did it. That's what I'm trying to say. When you can play defense and run the football, that's what they do very well. And you get and if they get mm-hmm. home field advantage because of the divisional record and you get they get in that dome, it's going to be a problem. I'm telling you. I'm right. You're buying Saints stock. You're, you're taking the over, the bet online over. I already know. We don't even got to look at the number. Super Bowl contenders, Jameis Winston. Apparently it's 2015 or something in Florida State. You know, eat a W. 
I gotta leave my boy Jameis alone. Man. You got his eyes. Here fixed. we go. Now I gotta leave. Yeah. Now I gotta. You got, leave he got James his eyes fixed, alone. man. He ain't squinting oh anymore. God. He got laser surgery, dog. He ain't yeah. gonna throw to the other team no more. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Well. Well. With that, we're gonna go from a Super Bowl contender to a divisional. Cont- I don't even know. I don't even know how to dress up your Jacksonville Jaguars. But Tony's got the, some thoughts yeah. on the Jags. I, I, hold on. Would you just say? They are divisional contenders. Oh, but up next, we'll dive into the divisional contending. Man, you're just being nice to everybody today. Divisional contending Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Saints are not Super Bowl contenders, to be clear. I'll dive into that more next week. But first, a word from Dave. Because, well, we've all gotten into some tough situations where you need a little bit of extra money to make ends meet. And when you do that, when you're in that situation, well, sometimes you can't rely on anyone to give you that money just to get you to payday or to, to get you the money to help out with the bill. Well, Dave, they can help. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash, more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, catch up on bills. There's no interest. There's no credit check needed. All you have to do right now is download the Dave app from the app store. That's D-A-V-E, Dave. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Future you will thank you with Dave. All right, rolling along here. And we thank you for making us your first listen here again on Locked on NFL. He's James Rapine. I'm Tony Wiggins. James, this one got a little personal for me because when we talk team building and we talk draft and we talk all of that, one of the things you notice that I never do is – Immediately after the draft, determine a winner or a loser. I always say, let's just wait and see, right? Mm-hmm. And when I say wait and see, then I'm mm-hmm. always retroactively look back. Well, Jaguar fans got mad at me today or yesterday because I spoke on the fact that the ja- the Jaguars cut J2 Feely, who was the first pick of the fourth round. And remember, they were one in 15 team when they picked him. And his own teammate, and I call it easy. It should have been easy scouting that his own teammate. And the reason why I say that is because when a scout goes to practice, you're looking at both of them. They're on the same team. I'm in Ross St. Brown caught 90 passes, right? Mm-hmm. Six picks later. That's something that I pointed out for a reason. Because after the 53 was set in Jacksonville, they were still talked that they needed a, a, a later receiver, that they needed defensive line depth. I think sometimes what folks don't understand is they say, well, every team misses hindsight is 2020, but every team hasn't been as bad as Jacksonville. Every team mm-hmm. hasn't been picking in the top 10. It seems like for the entire history of their franchise. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I'm only focusing on Jacksonville and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, why don't, and you tell me this, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm asking for, I'm asking for therapy. How come folks don't understand when they say, well, that's hindsight is 2020 or when they don't get the variance between being cut and another guy getting 90 catches. It's not as if, okay, well, this guy got 90 catches and this guy's still a backup and he's still developing and you're just being nitpicky. No, he got cut after one season and the other guy got 90 catches and they were both areas of need. And then when you look at the fact that Caleb Von Chason is a backup Mm -hmm. and an all-pro is in Minnesota by the name of Justin Jefferson, and then you look at the fact that in the same draft they took C.J. Henderson, Mm-hmm. And an all pro is in Tampa playing a tackle and then by the name of Tristan Worse. And all of these things were needs because they were a one in 15 team or a two and 14 that year, one in 15. And that. 
Mm -hmm. Am I wrong when I go back and I point out guys that the team missed on? That's not cherry picking. What that to me, correct me if I'm wrong. Am I just saying all of those little misses turn out to be one big massacre when you do it year after year after year? And now I think the team is pretty good because I actually think they're going to win more than half the games. Oh, here we go. But the difference is. The the weakness, the weakness, you can't talk. Y'all went from being the fifth pick overall to going to the Super Bowl. So you ought to be sitting here understanding exactly what I'm talking about. But you don't sit there and roll your eyes with this here we go stuff. You know yeah, what, here we go. Let's, you know exactly what's going on is here. Is Jamar Chase to, in Jacksonville? Uh, Trevor Lawrence is. Is he Joe Burrow? Could be, but now you're getting I'll, sidetracked. I'm trying to get some therapy I'll, here, man, for, for, for this fan base. All right, I'm not sure going to beat you up. I'm not no, going to beat no, you but, up. But, but, but do you see the seri- these series of small mistakes over and over and over again? Oh, it compounds. They compound yeah. and they become big, and then when you want to point them out, folks get angry. Right. A- am I wrong? Help me out here. I don't want to No, leave. I mean, that. that's the thing. That's why – Look, that's why the Jags are where they are. That's why they were able to get Trevor Lawrence, and they better hope that that is the right, that he is going to be able to right the ship. I I don't really have any doubt that he's capable of it, but you have to put enough around him. And so when you have those failed draft picks, right? I actually thought LaVisca Chenault was going to be pretty good. And when they drafted him, I remember looking at him, and I'm like, man, he, he can do a little bit of everything, man. And well, it didn't work out. And so there's a couple of things, you know, some, some teams stay bad because they just get it wrong. Um, right. Like for example, oh, and then I'm going way back, but Deshaun Jackson, everyone knows Deshaun Jackson when he was drafted, right. The Bengals picked a, a, a wide receiver by the name of Jerome Simpson ahead of Deshaun Jackson. Guess who Marvin Lewis wanted Deshaun Jackson. Why? Because he saw an up close, saw him up close and personal at Cal. He had ties to him and, and all of these things. And there was just some ends and and they went with Jerome Simpson. We we know how that ended up. And, and if you don't, well, Jerome Simpson was never a pro bowler, was never electric, was never Deshaun Jackson. Those things happen. And when those happen, it might not have impacted the Bengals that year, but then it impacts them. And this ties into the Raiders thing. Two years down the line, when they go sign. Antonio Bryant and pay him $8 million to play zero snaps. And then they panic sign Terrell Owens. And then it was just too many egos in the room. And then guess what? Now Carson wants out of town and now all these things just happen and they have to like change their whole philosophy. And I'm not trying to make this a Bengals segment, but what I am saying is sometimes you make a mistake or two and then that leads to a bunch of other stuff. And when it does that, for example, if, the Jags don't get this offensive line right and don't surround uh, um, what's his, uh, Lawrence. Yeah, Lawrence. Yeah. I don't know why. Trevor Lawrence with enough weapons. But guess what? He might not work out. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have the physical gifts, the mental gifts, all of those things to be a star in this league. But if you want to maximize him, guess what? You're going to have to protect him and give him weapons. You Same thing with Burrow, by the way, when I mentioned that. If the Bengals' offensive line isn't much better this year, then Burrow's career could be much shorter Absolutely, they hope because he's taken, he got it sacked 70 times. Mm-hmm. No quarterback can deal with that. Ask Cam Newton. You, you take all those hits and after a while you wear down and Cam's just a freak. 
Okay. And he still wore down and had injuries and, and it, it, you know, struggled to get back to his old form. And that's why he's still out there. So no, for, I, I agree. For me, it, for me, it's like when you get a franchise quarterback, the Colts did it, man. They got a franchise quarterback. They, then they got edge and then they got Marvin Harrison. And then they, they got Freeney. You, you have an opportunity, a golden opportunity, even though they only won one championship, they were relevant for a decade and a half. It seems you have a golden opportunity when you have a franchise quarterback. And I just want, for the fans' sake, I want them to get it right. I want mm-hmm. them to really get it right. Right now, they lack depth. And mm-hmm. this is the same thing we talked about with Leatherwood. Just because you were picked high, okay, maybe you weren't that dude, but you can still be a very valuable member of the team by being this guy. It, it, there's, there's a big difference between being the the man picked in the first round and then not even being on the roster. You don't have to, it doesn't have to, Dewan Smoot was picked in the third round. They hoped that he developed into a great pass rusher. He didn't, but he's a real good player. And guess what? He's still on the team right now. And he's a part of the depth of this club. That's what you can do. You know what I'm saying? Jonah Williams Mm -hmm. was drafted in the first round. He's not an all pro, but he's good, isn't he? He's good enough that they can build with it and build around it up in Cincinnati and just be a part of the team. The difference mm-hmm. is he's not Leatherwood where he was picked that high and then he got cut and they don't get mm-hmm. anything from him. Yes. So that's, that's the point that I'm making. It, it's not feast or famine. It could be feast or, okay, we ain't going to go hungry and we can build around you. We got some stuff to work with here. You ain't turned out to be great. There are a lot of dudes that got drafted in the first round and never went to the Pro Bowl but played 13 years. A lot yep. of them. But – more and more of these really bad teams are, pick, are picking guys really high, and then they're not even on their club at all. And I think that is the biggest problem. So I got my rant off. And we can talk next week about my Saints. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. What, what we'll do is do legitimate contenders and pretenders next week. Yep. Since you want to go all in on Jameis Winston and Mike Thomas. Jaguars going to make the playoffs too. Oh, my God. And with that, I have not for been Tony drinking. for Tony Wiggins, who is drinking some Jacksonville Jaguar teal Kool-Aid and some Houdat spritzer. I'm James Rapine <laughs> signing off for now on a Wednesday edition of Locked On NFL. We'll be back, but make sure you listen every single day this week. Can't wait for contenders and pretenders next Wednesday, right here on Locked On NFL.